listening to the Top Music Guitar Podcast, the show for guitar teachers to learn about the craft of teaching great guitar lessons that students love. If you're looking to start or expand your studio and make guitar teaching your full-time dream job, you've come to the right place. Each week, you'll get to hear from some of the top guitar teachers from around the globe and get their best tips and experiences so you too can build your own dream studio. I'm your host, Michael, and I've founded one of the top guitar schools in Australia, written a best-selling curriculum, and I mentor guitar teachers. I'm excited to share my expertise with you and the wisdom of all the experts we interview. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. With me today, I've got two very good friends and very special guests, and that is Josh Gillis and Rich Constable from Guitar Boss. Guys, welcome to the Top Music Guitar Podcast. It's an honor. Glad Thanks for here. having us on. <laughs> now, this uh, podcast episode has been about three weeks in the making. We just keep on having mainly me drop off or postpone or not be able to make it to the time, but we're glad we finally made it before the end of the year. You guys will probably hear this in 2023, uh, but it's a great wrap-up to what was hopefully a really, really big bounce back in 2022 after two years of lockdown around most of the world and guitar businesses and, and teaching businesses coming to a stop. Um, I was able to meet Richard and Josh through the six-figure program and trying to help everyone get their guitar teaching businesses ahead. So obviously run the six-figure program and Josh and Richard run the Guitar Boss program, which is not just a program, but a bit of software. So, Richard, why don't you tell us a little bit about your program? So, Guitar Boss um, is, is essentially just like an all-in-one system for guitar teachers where you can just house your whole business in one place. And the, the main benefits for that is just helps you stay organized as you get busier and you get more leads in. Uh, you set up your ads via, you know, wherever you set up your ads, Google and Facebook and whatever. You're getting direct messages. Suddenly, you've got a whole load of platforms that you're using. You know, you might use LinkedIn as well. And suddenly, you're getting messages everywhere, emails, texts. And so, Guitar Boss kind of houses everything in one place. And it's got a lot of powerful uh, tools that really help you get to your leads as quickly as possible. And so, the, the main benefit for that for guitar teachers is just, you know, the quicker you get to your leads, the quicker they interact with your business, the quicker you react back, the more likely and the higher chance they're going to sign up as a student. And uh, I think there was a stat recently. I think there's a 400, someone said 400% drop off. I think that's a bit ridiculous, but a huge drop off uh, if you don't get to your lead within five minutes. And uh, with all the automation and, uh, you know, the power of Guitar Boss, it means you get your lead pretty much instantly. Uh, you can even do a voicemail drop. Uh, so it's, it kind of acts like calling them. So even if you're teaching, they'll get a voicemail drop and it means you get your leads as quickly as possible. And does a whole lot of other things, but I'm not going to go through every single feature. Uh, I'll be here for ages. But that's essentially what it's there. It's there to house your guitar school and um, it's it's got a ton of great fit features. Um, even if you want to... Uh, make a course you can uh, have a whole membership area you can house your website there it does it all <laughs> yeah funnels and everything if i had to like simplify it in one sentence it's kind of like well what problem are we really solving i think rich has talked to at this point hundreds of guitar teachers 
And the main problem is they just really want to show up and just teach. <laughs> they don't have to worry about all the back end stuff. They just want to show up and teach. So this automates a lot of the pain in the butt scheduling stuff and automated tests, you know, text, text uh, reminders and things like that. It just automates a lot of the stuff for you. So you can just show up and teach. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. And I have seen this thing and I'm sure if you're interested, because it's absolutely amazing, uh, you can book a demo with Rich or Josh. We'll talk about where they can do that now. But I saw this thing and I was absolutely, you know, frothing at it. I was like, oh, this is absolutely amazing. And the solution to you know, so many problems. So what sort of prompted you to go out and create Guitar Boss? Well, we just, we both found that when we were, you know, going about our day and we were having to try and post on social media, we were trying to get to our leads as quickly as possible. We just couldn't find anything that could do all these things in one place. It's like, if you want to build a website, you need to be in one place. If you want a membership site, you've got to be in another place. If you want a website widget, you have to get another tool. And then if you want to build a funnel, then you have to, you know, it just seems to have all these things uh, going on. And suddenly you've got about 50 places you have to be. <laughs> and it just feels like uh, very unnecessary. So we were just trying to find a way that we could house everything in one place uh, make it super, super simple. Um, and yeah, we managed to to put all of that together, which is brilliant. Yeah, I definitely noticed that when I looked at it. I'm like, yeah, I've got my CRM for this. And I've got my booking system for this. And I've got my Kajabi for this. Like essentially have five different platforms for all the various things you need. And I was looking at yours going, oh, wow, it actually legitimately does have every single thing. So if I was the guitar teacher who was inclined to just be man, I just want to get in the uh, the studio and teach and not have to worry about the business side of things. It really does have everything covered. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got a team, you could literally just have one teacher yourself and an admin person. They You can just put them in um, as a team member. They don't have to see all the, the numbers if you don't want them to. And uh, they can just look after your inbox. So if you get an email in and then someone sends a text and then someone sends you an Instagram DM and someone sends you a Facebook message, and a LinkedIn message, they can all just, you know, answer them all in one place. They won't need to get your login details for all your personal profiles and all that kind of stuff. And then if, it, you know, if they need to post a post for you, they can do that across your social channels. Um, yeah. So a lot of great features, but the main benefits are, you know, connecting with your students as quickly as possible, connecting with your leads, trying to get them into your studio and, and teach the uh, instrument you love so much. Now it is guitar boss, but is it just for guitar teachers? Can bass teachers use it as well? Would piano teachers recommend uh, be recommended to check it out? Only asking for the uh, the other top music listeners who might not necessarily teach guitar. Yeah, I mean it's it's powerful for any music instrument uh, teacher out there. It's essentially just a business in a box software, so you know anyone could use it. Um, but we we felt because we are guitar teachers, we've got things specific for guitar. So you just have to change out some pictures if you want some of our done-for-you funnels or websites and uh, change guitar to piano <laughs> or, or singing or whatever. Nice. And so you've mentioned the word funnel a couple of times. For the listeners who aren't quite into funnel marketing or online marketing, what is a funnel and why should they be using them? So it just helps you drink, you know, a lot of beer all in one go. You know, if you <laughs> if you're at university, and yeah, so it's well, you know, people have might 
have heard of this quite a bit, but essentially a lot of people have websites and when you go to a website, you have lots of different options. You have drop down menus, you have lots of places to go, lots of places to be, and it can be quite distracting for the, the user. But a funnel just essentially gives you one choice, one option. So it just funnels their attention into one place. And so you're always funneling them into one core offer, one core place. So if your website has a ton of different things on it, it's great for information purposes and it's, it could be good um, uh, for general information. But if you want someone to have make a direct response to your advertising, to your um, your messaging and what you've got to offer, then it's great if you just have one single thing that they can do on your site. If it's just, do you want this great PDF or do you want a demo of our lessons? Put your email address in uh, here and then they get to see your face, they get to see your style, they get to know you a bit. And then they get to know, like, and trust you a bit quicker than if they're just kind of browsing around your site. Uh, I was going to hop in and give you an example that I thought of. Um, it was one that was shared with me, and I thought this made a lot of sense. But y'all know, like, big sporting goods stores that have, you know, outdoor equipment and things like that. Like, here in the States, there's, like, Dick's uh, Sporting Goods. You have, like, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. I don't know if they have similar things like that where you guys live. But, all right. The difference between a website and a funnel, a website is like you go to the door of one of these massive outlets and you walk in and there's millions of products and you just want to go camping, but you have to pass every single item to get to the camping section. And then you're bombarded with hundreds of choices in camping. Well, what tent do I get? What sleeping bag? You know, do I need a can of beef jerky or whatever? Like, <laughs> so websites are like that. You just come and there's every option everywhere. You just have to figure it out. Um, a funnel, on the other hand, it's like you come to the front door and there's like a chauffeur that walks you in and says, what do you want today? Oh, you want camping good? Like, follow me. They bypass all the crap and go right to the camping section and then say, okay, this is the tent that I recommend for you. All right, here's the tent. Okay, here's a sleeping bag. You got a sleeping bag? Now here's a canteen of water or here's some matches. All right, then you get all the stuff you need and then you go to the checkout line and just like a grocery store, you have like sticks of gum and candy or maybe they have like a can of like, you know, one of those ready meals on the go or maybe they have... You know, maybe the matches are there, but like all these upsells and downsells are at the checkout line right before you check out to say, hey, do you need this? Hey, do you need this? But it's all pointed and directed at the sale of the main thing, basically. So, uh, yeah, website, you kind of got to figure it out on your own sort of funnel. It's all leading to the direct sale. and You just kind of pick and choose what you want along the way. And I would just add to that. Um, it's not people do say websites are dead. I would personally disagree. If you if you really want something, then you'll find it and you'll go and get it. <laughs> but um, ultimately, if you yeah, if you just have one main thing that you're offering, then it's a it's an easier decision, I think, for people. So. Anyone who says websites are dead is selling you something that's not a website. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, once you become aware of funnels and funnel marketing and direct response marketing, you just it's like unplugging from the matrix and just seeing the world for for real or in a different lens for the first time because it is absolutely everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the funnel marketing, um, I would also encourage people to just think about, hey, what have you bought recently, and then go back and look at your ads history on Facebook and, and things like that, and you'll actually have some really really good examples of. Uh, 
funnels. But for anyone listening to this, if you aren't into, if you're, if you're hearing this word for the first time, if you're not really sure about what it is, then I definitely recommend checking out a book by Russell Brunson or anything by a guy called Russell Brunson, the founder of ClickFunnels, which uh, he's sort of just taken this idea of a funnel, which he didn't invent. It's been around for for probably as long as the, definitely as long as the internet's being born, as long as there's been internet, there's been marketers trying to take advantage of it. But uh, Russell's book, uh, I think it's called Dotcom Secrets is his first one. Definitely worth checking out. And they'll tell you everything there is to know about funnels. And the funny thing is the book itself is like the, uh, <laughs> the bait to get you into the funnel. And then once you've got that book, you're in. And then the, uh, the rabbit hole goes down and down and down from there. But uh, anyone, uh, any advice on where other guitar teachers can start getting into funnels and, and marketing and, and getting a bit more business savvy than your average guitar teacher? Yeah, there's a, there's a really interesting guy called Michael Gumley. He does some great training, um, six-figure guitar courses, Epic. So that's that's one place you could start. Um, <laughs> we've, I mean, I've learned from so many different guys. To be honest, I mean, Russell is is a, I just think it's a genius, uh, sales genius. Uh, so it's always worth checking him out. Alex Harmozy, who's the other guy I was thinking of, uh, Steve Larson, yeah. <laughs> So those those guys, I would say, are the top of the food chain in that respect. And if you want some more old school stuff, Dan Kennedy um, and this uh, who's the other guy. Anyway, there's there's lots of them. Basically, <laughs> it's like a lifetime of studying. But yeah, Michael's got some great products, and we've got an organic marketing course that you can check out as well if you want to get some ideas from different funnel ideas and different marketing strategies that you can use on uh, social media. Yeah. Now that course, is that part of Guitar Boss or is that sort of like a little standalone course that you guys sell as well? Yeah. I mean, um, it's we don't sell it at the moment. It's free. So essentially the whole point of it is just to we're building up with our students, if you like. So the people who come through um, who want to learn what we do to get students uh, organically they can go ahead and jump in. And so we're just using it, uh, starting off free, mainly because we want feedback. Um, we've put all, all the ideas that have worked for us over the past five years, but we also want feedback to see if it works for other people as well. And we also want you know hand-raising questions so we can add more content to it. But eventually we'll sell it as a standalone course. And where can our listeners find that? Because I'm sure as soon as you said it's a free course, a couple of ears pricked up there. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you can just email us at hey at guitarboss.co. We don't have an official site um, for it at the moment, but we can send you the free offer. Or it's actually if you uh, – we've got a bit.ly link potentially. I'll find it for you. We'll put all the links with the um, – this podcast, wherever you're listening, guys, whether that's Spotify or from the Top Music website, uh, you'll have links to all the social media for Rich and Josh and, and everything they talk about today. So we'll get you that link. Um, we can all tee that up for after the show. Okay, great. So what's three bits of advice you would give for guitar teachers who are either struggling with the business side of things or want to get more into marketing? Maybe we might get one or two ideas from each of you. Go for it, Josh. <laughs> business advice so oh sorry so yeah the question was um some some marketing or business advice for people that wanted to get started is that what you said yeah either that or 
mistakes you see that uh, guitar teachers make on the business side of things. So what are they doing wrong generally and how do they go about fixing it? Typically, from what I've seen, because this is 100% me, like I try to I try to be everything to everyone and do everything. And I, and I try to strengthen my weaknesses. But a lot of what you hear, people like Gary Vaynerchuk or, you know, even I think Hormozy, the guy you're talking about, will even say, look, play to your strengths not your and, out, and outsource your weaknesses. You know, um, I hate doing numbers and accounting and everything. I just hate it. Like I'm, I'm a sort of a numbers guy in the sense of like I do my my family budget and all this stuff. but it just, but that does not excite me. <laughs> so find the things that really excite you and grow on those things, because those are generally like the, you know, more income producing type things. If you're a creative like me, like I really enjoy, like I just had a new student, new ish student come in earlier before this podcast. And like, that's my lane, man, getting someone acclimated to the, the world of guitar and in, but like, but if I find someone or, or, or system like, like guitar boss stuff that can like bring in leads for me, then I'll just get to do my thing. I don't have to spend all my time like working on getting new people in here. Even though the strategy I do is more organic, like I don't, I haven't paid for an ad yet this year, knock on something. I mean, I may start next year because uh, I do want to double where I'm at right now. But, but right now, this is what's working for me organically, you know? So yeah, just play, play to your strengths and outsource your weaknesses. I think it's a good, a good tip to think about. So yeah, I'll, I'll ping pong back to, to Rich for another one there. If you got another one. Yeah. So um, there's something, Michael, uh, you've spoken about before and Harmozi speaks about it as well, but it's just focusing on the one thing, you know, is, is the one thing just calling the leads week in, week out or hiring someone to call the leads or is it figuring out a funnel where people just automatically book in and as long as you've got the right questions asked and you've, you know, the right gates that people have to go through to actually get to your free demo class or whatever you offer, as long as you're focusing solely on that until you hit a certain, you know, income level, then I think that is a big, big key because for myself over the past five years, what I'll do is I'll generally get something up and running. It'll start ticking along by itself and then I've got this kind of relaxed period so I've done all this growth and then suddenly I'm like I'm in a, a cushy little place and so then you relax and uh, when I look past in this year all my best months were when I really just focused on on the right things and then as soon as things went well I started to relax so um, sticking to the one thing I think is key some solid advice there <laughs> I think at one point, you just—I just saw this halfway through when you were talking. I used to have this little sound clip of um, the third Batman movie in the Christopher Nolan trilogy, where Bane's beating him up, and he's like, "Pieces cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you." And I always think of that whenever I'm getting complacent. Is get to this point, but you got to ask yourself what comes next, so that you push and you drive and you have that next thing to work on. Because as soon as you go, "Oh yeah, this is kind of good. I'm in a cushy position." As soon as you have that attitude. Like uh, you stop solving the problems or you stop pushing or you stop driving and that's when a whole bunch of problems will just build up and then take you out in like <laughs> one fell swoop. Yeah, I was amazing my kids today because we're on holidays for a couple of weeks for Christmas and they are just able to repeat themselves over and over and over and over again without any worry. So my daughter loves this song and she won't stop singing the chorus and it, it drives me nuts. <laughs> 
but she knows it off by heart now because she just will repeat it again and again and again. And that's, that's something I feel we might lose as adults because we get bored and we think, oh, there's, there might be a bigger, better thing to do or a more important thing or a more interesting thing instead of just doing the repetitive task. Yeah, and that's something I know we've had a chat about when it comes to like Alex Hormozzi. He often talks about how he just hated filling out these like payment processing forms. But that was just part of the parcel of uh, having to run a business is doing the accounting side of things and getting used to doing, yeah, this is boring, but if I do it, it's the means to the end. And that's something I'll tell my guitar students and what you guys should be telling your guitar students is, uh, and that's the listeners more, more broadly speaking there, is if you want to get good at guitar, essentially it's a mental game of just mastering boring, repetitive things over and over again. There's a finite number of repetitions that you need to execute in order to attain the muscle memory. So if you practice something three times and go, I'm done, and you need 100 repetitions, it's going to take you 30 days to do that. And assuming you don't give up before that or it falls off the, you know, the wagon in terms of what you're practicing. But if you do that 10 times in a single practice session, it's only going to take you 10 days, 10 practice sessions. If you do that 50 to 100 times, you're going to have it on the day, if not within a day or two of, of practicing. So same thing with your business. If you hate doing certain things, it's just a matter of going, well, I might not like this, but if I just make this part of my routine and I have the discipline to just get up and do it, uh, then it, it makes a huge difference. And probably one of the secrets to my business growth was just gamifying the whole thing. Just saying, if I can make these 10 phone calls and I'm going to reward myself with this, or if I make these 10 phone calls and I know I get one of them, the flip side of every single call is going to be $5,000 of dollars uh, you know, by the end of the year, because that's the average, what the average customer is worth to me in a single year is almost a $5,000 transaction. So for me, I've got a very good incentive to <laughs> pick up the uh, the phone and call people. But if I can try and make it fun in some way, yeah, okay, if I do 10 calls in a row, then maybe I can <laughs> play, I don't know, I don't really play games anymore, but yeah, I'll, I'll play 10 minutes of Breath of the Wild. That's the last game I played was what came out four years ago. <laughs> Those kind of kind of things but if you can gamify the approach um it makes a big deal but a big difference but going back to what josh says if, if you just really don't like the accounting just put up with it short term to get the money coming in and then delegate it to someone else and believe it or not there's these people that are really fascinated by numbers and they love dealing with them and they're called accountants they can make your life a lot easier if you have a good one now i did want to steer this in a slightly different direction because uh, josh i've seen you talking about blockchain and nfts and and often mentioning how they can be helpful or a new avenue worth exploring for music teachers. And I know maybe in a separate call, we'll get you to do the whole uh, presentation that you've got, because I think we're quite somewhat limited by uh, using the platform we had to do for podcasting. But for those guitar teachers who've wondered about NFTs or crypto or blockchain, can you give us the, uh, the too long, didn't read rundown of what that is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll keep it, try to keep it super broad and, and really try to focus in on, you know, what happens blockchain's cool but how does it help me <laughs> you know so it kind of goes back to if you've ever heard of people throw around the term uh, web3 like we're in the web3 phase of things have you guys heard of that yes i have yeah so web1 web2 and web3 so if i had to simplify that web1 was basically read the text on the screen and click links to go other places kind of like wikipedia that was like your basic early internet days that's all it was like cern's World Wide web was an example um, well, Web 2 comes along. And by the way, that's like, or I'll get to that. Anyway, so Web 2 comes along and they're like, you can actually add to it. You just don't read it. You don't click links to other people's content. You can actually contribute. 
right? So you contribute through social media. So Twitter, Facebook, all those things started popping up in the early or early ish 2000s, right? Mid 2000s. And so, um, so that was web two, you can actually contribute and you can also post links, right? The web three, the kind of the new and improved thing is that, well, you can read it, you can write it, but you can also own it. Because if you think back to the web one, you just read someone else's stuff. They own the content. Web two, social media, even though you produce the content, you don't really own it. It's on their platform. If Facebook shut down, Twitter shut down, you lose all your tweets, all your everything, all your pictures, unless you're backing them up yourself, you know. Well, the difference now is that you can actually contribute and own it. So if you had to strip it all down and, and dumbify it to a few words, basically web one is that they write it and they own it. Web two is that uh, you write it and they own it. And web three is that you can write it and you can own it. And that's only made possible. You can only own it through what's called blockchain technology. So uh, I'm not even going to begin to attempt to jump into all that, but basically Blockchain technology is a way to verify that something is true through cryptographic stuff or crypto, right? Cryptographic messages and all this stuff. So basically, any transaction that happens, a true or false type thing, uh, is verified on a block. And every block that's made has a, a tail to it that attaches to the next one. And this string of information, if you will, is all open source, open ledger. Anyone can see transactions that happen and that it cannot be reproduced um, it cannot be copied. It cannot be really hacked. Little little star uh, asterisk on that can't be hacked. There's certain ways that things can happen, but um, but majority of it cannot. And so, anyway, uh, when they talk about you know when you hear the word tokens thrown around, basically uh, token or tokenizing things is a way to get on a particular blockchain. So blockchain is the way of verifying information, right? So. A very popular blockchain is the Ethereum blockchain you've probably heard of, right? And so people are buying and selling NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain. And the native token to that is ETH, E-T-H. And right now ETH is trading for, I don't know, like 1200 bucks or 1100 bucks per coin at the time of this recording. But that is the currency you use to buy and sell things like NFTs or like other tokens that are created. So anything that is created on top of the ETH blockchain it's called a token. And just like a token, I don't know if you guys ever grew up going to the arcade, but you go put your little coins in the slot, it spits out little tokens, these little arcade tokens, and you go play games with these tokens to get your little tickets. Then you take the tickets to the counter and you trade them in for whatever prize, you know. So NFTs are basically tokens. They represent something and you can trade them for other things. And so NFTs are, stands for non-fungible tokens. And, you know, what's the difference between fungible and non-fungible? Well, fungible means that if I give you a dollar and you gave me a dollar, assuming they were you know, United States dollar bills, the value is still a, a dollar, right? Non-fungible would be an example of, all right, well, I'm going to give you a dollar, but in, in return, you're going to be a, a dollar's worth of a speck of gold that's worth a dollar, all right. So they're two separate things that are the values the same, even though they're separate, basically. And so this is probably like getting really confusing really fast. <laughs> but anyway, so when you're about like Board Ape Yacht Club, for example, things like that, um, these are tokens created on the Ethereum blockchain and they used ETH to buy and sell these things. 
And uh, but the key to any NFT these days is that um, it's not so much the artwork because people get all caught up like, well, I can just take a picture of it on my phone and I got the artwork. And yes, you're 100 percent correct. You can just screenshot that and keep it in your picture files and admire the artwork. That's great. But the fact that that actual NFT is tied to a blockchain means it's immutable, it's, it cannot be copied or reproduced, and that you can pr prove that that is a digital copy of, of one of one thing. It's like a digital Mona Lisa type thing. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. And if I, uh, if I wanted to get into a Board Ape Yacht Club party with all these celebrities that have this, and I show up with a screenshot of a Board Ape, they're just going to laugh at me and kick me out. <laughs> but because if I do have an actual one that's tied to the blockchain, they can verify that that acts as like a ticket into this event or community or whatever, then you have access, right? So that's, that's kind of the GIF gist on NFTs, but yeah, I'll stop there, man. You guys jump in any questions or anything on that. I'll shut up for a second. I was, I was just going to say like, um, for guitar teachers, you could say, okay, if you buy this NFT, then you get, I don't know six months of lessons or one year of lessons or you get a whole bunch of stuff you get to come to um our yearly event three years in a row you get this you get that and you buy it for this amount and so it's you exchange the artwork which is linked to the eth network but it's also linked to something that you're selling and then people can also sell that on or exchange it for something else or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's it, man. The, the, the value lies in the utility of the NFT, not in the artwork. I mean, artwork, it can be valuable to you if you admire and appreciate it. And, and the value goes for whatever it trades for in the market. But the real value in NFT projects that are going to last are going to be what's what do they do, right? What do they do for me? And so, yeah, your example is exactly right. Like, say I wanted to make a... Um, an NFT for, um, you know, Melbourne Guitar Academy, right? I have this cool, like, blue-looking guitar logo thing, and you own this NFT. Well, that gives you access to our, to our online courses. It gives you access to the workshops that we do. It gives you access. That's your ticket into our show. That's your ticket into class, like, to able, be able to come, that kind of thing. Um, and you can verify it, that they paid for that thing. It's almost like a, uh, like a digital ticket master ticket barcode thing is kind of how it operates and yeah so you can use it for functions like that and, and i'll get into another thing that i thought would be really cool for michael here in a second were you going to add something else to that i was just gonna gonna ask so you can essentially the utility of it is potentially having it as a digital membership or or token of digital membership as one of the utilities why would you do it as an nft as opposed to just selling a membership online or through any other means yeah it's a good ad. It's a good question, man. So for, for one that, uh, NFTs, you can set up what are called smart contracts in them. And if, uh, artists that create NFTs, especially on like Ethereum blockchain, things like that, they can actually tie ro royalties to them. So anytime that NFT is sold, then the artist could get a five, 10, 15% kickback or whatever that thing sells for is one example. Another two, they're just, they're cool. <laughs> if you actually appreciate the artwork, it's better than a ticket master. But thirdly, another idea um, would be, uh, what's the best way to say it? Like, it's kind of like a gateway almost online. One thing, all right, Netflix. You guys are familiar with Netflix. You know how the way it is now, as long as you have someone's username and password, 
you can basically log in and watch movies, right? I'm sure there's ways that they're creating and I've heard of ways that they're doing, you know, using AI to help like figure out which accounts are being shared and which aren't and that kind of thing. But you can actually use NFTs as a way to protect your intellectual property. So I thought about Michael actually as an example of this. Like, so he's got, I don't know, 900 videos on Guitar Ninjas plus maybe a thousand by this point, a lot. You've got a lot of intellectual property, right? Well, who's to say someone doesn't share that somewhere else and all of a sudden they're logging in having access to all your content? Well, NFT could actually you be a gateway into that. So if you bought Michael's uh, Guitar Ninjas NFT, for example, there's actually applications called dApps, like decentralized apps. And instead of having a username password login, you actually just connect your wallet and your wallet proves that you have an NFT and that gives you access to the videos. And so the thing is, they're not going to trade that NFT because that's their ticket in every time, right? And so if, if I gave my buddy the Guitar Ninjas NFT, you know, I'm not going to do that because I need to log in the next day and I don't know if he's going to give that back to me because there's only one, right? And so, not, well, there's only one that's mine, if that makes sense. And so uh, that's a way to protect intellectual property. So I guess that'd be a third way. Yeah, very, very clever. I'm sure I, my brain's definitely ticking away at 100 miles per hour, and I'm sure a bunch of other guitar teachers listening to this are starting to get excited at all the possibilities and opportunities. So what are some? how does someone get into using these NFTs or making something for their school or their business, and, and how should they go about it? It's a good question, man. Uh, you can create an NFT pretty easily, like less than 10 minutes. You can upload an image and things like that. So a lot of the projects nowadays – the ones that are going to last, because right now, as you know, like the whole market just sucks. <laughs> it's everything's down. Stocks are down. Crypto's down. And a lot of these NFTs projects have really slowed down. Um, the only ones that have lasted right now are the ones that have genuine, good, actual functional utility behind them. And so, yeah, if you wanted to get started doing that, um, yeah, you could just go create your own project on uh, OpenSea, for example. OpenSea.io, I believe. Um, it's the biggest, it's like the eBay of buying and selling NFTs. Um, so you can create a project on that if you want. Yeah, or just <laughs> shoot us a message if you want to at heyguitarboss.co and I can give you some more resources and things like that. Uh, but that's one thing we actually want to uh, continue to explore and do ourselves is create something like that uh, for like Guitar Boss, for example. And actually, and, you know, and by the way, all this is like, way ahead of its time right now, as far as there's not a true massive need in the marketplace, if that makes sense. Um, so a lot of this discussion we're having right now with this stuff is stuff that's going to come down the pipe, you know, in years to come. And uh, it's not going to happen super soon. So there's kind of like ways to start chewing on and think about, okay, how, how do I, how do I protect my intellectual property down the road and things like that? So um, basically uh, the biggest thing you can do right now is do a lot of research. <laughs> Do about 50 hours, they say, of research, read books. I've read NFT handbooks, metaverse handbooks. We haven't even jumped into a lot of that stuff yet. But that's, uh, yeah, I've put in a lot of research into it to kind of understand how it works. And I'm still learning and I don't know it all. I'm just trying to offer some basic, you know, building blocks for people to try to start thinking about these things. And yeah, we'll probably, we probably will have to hop on another podcast where I can dive deep because I got some slides and I've actually made some for Melbourne Guitar Academy specifically with some ideas that I had. So anyway. <laughs> Ooh, definitely intrigued. Uh, a thought just occurred to me as you were saying that. Obviously, now is the time where crypto has been 
I'm speculating here uh, based off of the little news I do pay attention to, but there's obviously been big crashes, cryptos coming down. My thoughts on that were just, uh, obviously, if you're trying to create a monkey picture and sell it, it's the worst time to do that. But there's probably never really a bad time to do a cool project for your studio or your business. And again, if I was going to launch like a Guitar Ninjas uh, Elite 10 and have 10 special tokens for 10 teachers who really want to do something special, it doesn't really matter where the market's at, assuming there isn't too big a fluctuation in the, in the currency or that you can just set it at a price which <laughs> meaningfully translates to the, the value figure you want for that. So am I getting it right in that kind of thought? If I had like a, uh, they, they put Ethereum in, right? So they've got to transfer their real money to Ethereum or some kind of token, whichever platform they're on, that'll give them a set value. And then the NFE, NFT can just be priced at whatever value you want. And if people want to buy in for it, they just need to chip in. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're on the right track there. Like, yeah, it doesn't really matter what the Ethereum price is right now, as long as as long as you're basing your pro- your project on the utility that it provides to the end user. Then it doesn't. Yeah, price doesn't really matter. I mean, because you can actually set. You know, if I if I equated the ETH to US dollars, I could say, okay, well, I know I want to charge about whatever. Just name a price, like two hundred dollars US. For this, well, then you calculate, okay, how much ETH is that? Well, that's your ETH price for that particular transaction, right? And then, you know, now maybe that goes down and you lose out on that, or maybe it doubles and you make make more on that. I mean, that's just, it is super volatile in that sense. So, you know, use caution. Don't take any of this as financial advice. Don't do anything I'm telling you at all. Like, <laughs> this is all just, you know, talk right now. Yeah. So, uh, but that's how they do it. So I bought, you know, Steve Larson as an example. Um, we mentioned earlier, he has a NFT project called Capitalist Pig. And I bought the NFT because one of the things, one of the utilities is that it gives you a, a done for you, just a DAP, a decentralized app. And I was like, great, that sounds like an awesome utility. I could use that and I could help guitar, you know, students with that and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, anyway, that, that was a project that launched, I think it was like around 200 bucks. And I think they're still selling them right now. Uh, the first 500 are for sale right now or 250 or something. And I think they haven't quite met it yet, but whenever it hits that point, then the price is going to double basically. But it's all based on that, you know, US dollar to whatever the ETH is at the time, you know, that kind of thing. So, so even, even uh, the Donald got onto it <laughs> in the last couple oh, of days. Or two and, yeah. yeah. I, I wow. saw he sold something like, like 5,000 in the first day or something. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. And if you actually, the, the commercials for him, I thought it was a joke. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So, but yeah, apparently he sold out. So he's, he's not an idiot because he's going to sell out and then he could double, triple, quadruple his, his money like in the next year and a half. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like get in while the market's low, wait for the money to go back. He's a clever man. Love him. Yeah. Hate him. <laughs> you can't deny he's a clever man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that, that's very, very interesting. And again, so much utility of things to do there. In terms of um, last couple of little NFT crypto questions, and we can move back to some more guitar teaching topics. Is this something where it's hard to do for an offline audience? Because you, so if I've got my Melbourne Guitar Academy students, do I then require a whole bunch of people to get into crypto in order to take advantage of NFTs? Is this something where five years, 10 years down the track, it'll be much more mainstream and accepted. Uh, and we are kind of dealing with a niche of people right now. It is. It's down the road. So I think if I had to frame the conversation we're having, it's like, what what will my guitar studio look like in like five to 10 years? 
And so education is definitely a big thing where we're going to have to really bring people up to where we're at as far as the knowledge and the technology, because right now the technology is way ahead of the law. And that is a dangerous thing in the sense of we don't even have regulation on crypto yet. Like they're working on it, you know, um, so we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So it is it is risky in that sense. And it's going to take time to educate people what the heck a NFT is and why do I even need one, you know? So you have to meet a market need as well um, and solve that solve that need for them to actually use it. But if everyone's content with, you know, email and password as the login or, or content with a Ticketmaster ticket right now, then, you know, the need hasn't quite arisen to the, to the, to the, to the masses yet, if that makes sense. And eventually things are going to go digital. I mean, they're talking about central CBDC, central bank, digital currencies, like eventually we're going to be trading digitally anyway. So it's going to happen at some point. And so we need to start thinking about that and how that's going to, you know, right now I'll, I'll take crypto for guitar lesson payment. I will, but no one's done it yet. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you got to start thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, they were considering getting rid of cash this year in the UK. But obviously, you get a lot of old people who walk around with cash in their wallets um, and they pay for everything in cash. So it's going to be hard to go to a cashless society. But ultimately, since everyone came off the gold standard um, in the 70s, then it was going to happen at some point. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I was just about to do a disclaimer and say, hey, guys, I'm going to say something potentially conspiracy uh, <laughs> theoretic here in terms of, and you just said, yeah, they're, they're kind of asking you, well, here in Australia, they're trying to sneak it through over the Christmas break. They've sort of put a parliamentary vote through on, do you want to go to cashless and this, this and that? So it seems like if you follow the global trends, everywhere is pushing for these digital currencies. Why for? There's a couple of benefits. There's also a couple of really, really dangerous, scary things, which it pays to be <laughs> aware of. So if the idea of uh, going completely digital currency controlled by the government scares you, then by all means, become aware of what you can do to sort of block that in your own sort of areas. If you call for it, then you've got nothing to worry about because it's going to be inevitable, as you said. Uh, but definitely all the stuff you want to be ahead of the curve of. So if you can know what's going on and take advantage of that, it's really, really important stuff to know. But guys, just quickly, how we generally wrap these things up is ask our guests if you can impart one piece of wisdom for guitar teaching or business, whatever that happens to be. So if you want to give some teaching advice or some business advice, by all means, let's hear one little tidbit from each of you. So it's, yeah, I mean, for me, it would just be keep studying never kind of lose that childlike you know thirst for knowledge so don't just think you're the best teacher in the world just because you are a good teacher keep trying to learn new things keep trying to remind yourself of different things because uh, you're always going to forget something at some point so it's always good to go over see how you can improve learn from others uh, yeah same with your own guitar playing same with your own business just keep learning studying growing and teaching because as you teach you learn as well don't you um how about you josh yeah i think i, I just wrote down like niche down or niche down whatever you want to say <laughs> <laughs> riches are in the niches they say but yeah like niche down like i i took me forever to figure that one out because i'm like well i'll just teach anyone i'll just teach anyone and they're like well i forgot what the saying is like if you're everything to everyone you're no one to everyone or something like that like pick your lane and then go all in on that lane. So for me, I've finally realized that man, I'm 
pretty good with students. Like, I'm just going to teach beginners how to play guitar. Like, take them from literally, I've never held one on their way. So I've even thinking, so if y'all don't know, like, I use Gumley's curriculum. It's an excellent curriculum. Highly recommend. You, uh, I, I may just focus on levels one through four and get another guy to teach the advanced stuff because I just, I enjoy the beginner stuff, you know? And so that'd be an example of niching down. So uh, it's an evergreen well for me because there's a lot of students that shuffle through that just want to try it. Parents don't know what their, they don't know what their kid's thing is, right? They just want them off the video game thing for a while. So try guitar. Well, I'll, I'll walk them through that. And we may only get through level three or four before they go on to the next sport or the next thing, but that's okay. Like I'll get another student in, you know? So but that's it. Just niche down. It could be, you know, uh, Lauren Bateman. I think you've interviewed her. Like, I know her niche is the same thing. She's beginners, but she's like way older in demographic. Like, she really does well with that demographic. And so me, I'm just, I'm in my lane, man. I'm comfortable there. I enjoy it. So just pick your lane and, and dive deep into that. Some really, really solid advice there. Richard and Josh, thank you so much for coming on the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. Just quickly, uh, where can we find you guys on social media? So you can find us, uh, yeah, if you, just, if you just type in Guitar Boss or just check us out at www.guitarboss.co. I think that's the easiest place. If you look him up on Facebook, you get the most handsome picture of Richard you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar Boss logo in the background. <laughs> it's AI. It's not even me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one is an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> Boss coin. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. And to the listeners, my top music community, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next exciting episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. Have a great uh, 20. We're probably going to actually, I would stop myself on the foot here. I was going to say, have a great 2022. This one will probably come out 2023 as one of the first ones for the new year. But whether you're listening to this uh, end of 2022, start of 2023, go and make 2023 your year. Big, massive things in the works. Check out the top music courses. Check out Guitar Boss. Check out Six Figure Guitar Teacher. It's all happening, guys. And uh, the best thing you can do is educate yourself. As Richard said, never be complacent. Never just think you know everything or that you're at the peak. As we talked about about 20 minutes ago, when you become complacent, that's when things start to fall apart. So always be hungry. Always have that drive to improve, whether it's your playing or your business. And whether it's Richard and Josh or myself or Tim Topham, we're all here to help out and help you grow and have a massive 2023. So thank you so much. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace out. If you enjoy this show and want to hear more of our work, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. For links and resources mentioned in this episode, including a free ebook on how to find more guitar students, visit us at www.topmusic.co slash guitar or check out the show notes. And lastly, thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.